Uh, get over here in your daisy dukes of a mayonnaise paste of a tan line you got going for you. Because if there's one thing I can do, it's uh, spread my bread around. <laughs> uh, come here, your little pigeon, forge. Welcome to Tennessee, where you can rent an Airbnb for four fifty for a day and a half. Uh, gotta love the mountains, especially uh, the Bigfoot in the mountains, because... You know what they say, when you climb a mountain that's too steep, like Drake in Future, you're in too deep. Uh, and like this podcast, I'm already way in too deep <laughs> to back out. The only thing I back out of is full-fledged commitments that I made to my best friends when I was 22, and now we are best of distance like a seismic ruler because no matter how far up and down you stretch around you'll be right there having syndrome that resembles downs all right i am down and out maybe all right welcome to episode 220 episode 220 of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Still sounds redundant, but here we go. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, baby. Yeah, recording this on September 22nd. 5.36 a.m. Eastern for the archives. In case one day someone wants to make a whole archive channel like you would the Howard Stern show. Except, uh, unlike Howard Stern, um, I will keep my private parts. <laughs> it's a movie reference of a biography that I believe was about him. But the only thing private about this part is the lack of income compared to Howard. I guess you could say I'm seriously <laughs> xing my bank account. But yeah, speaking of uh, getting fucked over and media. So there's been this thing with cast media. Um, let's just say a lot of pa- podcasters are being uh, casted away from... What they're owed. <laughs> Wilson, where's my Benjamins? Um, <laughs> but no, so apparently it first came out. Well, the big, the big thing that brought it mainstream, I guess, where now there's a lot of people covering it, is Cast Media, which is a, essentially, it's a media company. They essentially specialize and focus on uh, helping podcasts and basically like distributing podcasts and advertisements. It's kind of like a third party to make money to convince you that they're the reasons why your podcast is successful, even though they came to you when you already had a podcast going. And they're like, hey, we can work together. 
It's, a, it's basically like an agency, like a sports agent, but for podcasting. They'll convince you about how much you need an agent for this and that and the other. It's like, but the only reason why you're in business is because people like me are good at what I do. If you had no players, if you had no clients, you would just be a car injury lawyer. But, you know, that's the power of psychological, you know, uh, warfare, I guess you could say, is that you can always be convinced that you need more help, you know, more people to take a cut of the pie, right? So Cast Media, they are essentially this uh, podcasting company, and they essentially, like, in some cases, I remember the first time I heard about it was back in the day when, like, Impulsive with Logan Paul was first starting out. I actually used to listen quite a bit. He was a lot more younger, energetic. It was the first time I was really introduced to him, and I actually kind of liked the show. Now, it seems a little bit too laid back. There's, like, not much energy. It's just very, like... It's turned into a lot more of a delusional uh, person, and but they had he had an issue with cast media where essentially they would come to his house and set up all the equipment for him. Like they had a deal with cast media, like you know they probably have some revenue split or whatever. They have someone come out to his house, set up all the equipment when he wants to record or whatever days he's scheduled to record. And apparently there was a day on Columbus Day where they said, we don't work on Columbus Day. It's like literally every other place is open on Columbus Day. Like Columbus Day is not like a real, real holiday. But for cast media, they uh, that's apparently how they roll. And that day he quote unquote fired and quote cast media. So that was the first time you kind of heard some stuff. But this was years back. It's like, all right, let's just say difference of uh bad business or miscommunication blah 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 but when someone who's very well liked like theo vaughn comes out and he's been out of the deal with his cast media for a while but he came out to bring awareness you know because he has a voice and there's others that don't and as someone who doesn't have a deal with anyone or any type of partnership it's something that I take note of because whenever the day happens that I may have to, you know, seek out, you know, more help to make distribution and to make life easier one day when I have to hire a producer for this. Um, there's these are kind of things you should pay attention to to start paying attention to the financial aspect, the contractual, like what does a cast media company like what do they really do for you and apparently um they just kind of don't pay you um (laughs) it's this weird thing where it's like okay so what do you do yeah we don't really pay you and it's weird that a company of mass like, think about how crazy it would be at your job. They're just like, hey, we're like five months behind on what we owe you. And you're just supposed to be like, hey, you know what? Just get around to it. But when you're dealing with people that have money and your old money, they could be a lot more like, okay, well, I guess they'll get around to it. I'm assuming my agents 
will take care of the contract or whatever. And apparently, Cast Media was so behind on paying people that owe like hundreds of thousands in case of like Brendan Schaub and stuff like million plus 1.6 I guess to be exact and it's like you know I guess my overall thoughts on it is um no one like no one should actually be surprised by it like this is no difference in any other business that requires on pie in the sky that requires on a uh, very dr- self-driven people is that sometimes they rely on the fact that uh, you care about your product so much or that you care about the things so much that the money part you're supposed to not care about and I believe it's the perfect business where businesses like media companies could take advantage of and what he brought aware, what Theo did, was that Colin Thompson, the CEO or whoever the fuck he is of it, he, so he got out of his deal with Cast Me when they didn't hold their end because Cast Me was at breach of contact, contract for basically not paying him. So then they came back and had the audacity to ask him like, hey, we will pay you back. A percentage up front. And then we will pay you the rest in stocks. Because they were about to go live with our partnership with Podcast One. The app, the company, whatever. Like I've actually heard of it before. It's actually the first podcasting app I ever used. And they did all that. And that raises like, oh. So you're basically going to pay me back. By you capitalizing on my name. Continuously make you more money. So you could pay me back for what you already owe me. Like nah fuck you. And. You know. And that's the thing right. Like only someone of Theo's stature. Only someone of these levels of stature. Can really say something. Because if they hire you before. If they like give you an opportunity. Before you were even relatively big and it was like one of these like we're gonna be the ones that elevate you we saw you from the mud and we're gonna make you seen we're gonna do everything advertisement that make you seen and then you start being seen and then it's like hey where's this money that i'm supposedly owed based off all this stuff it's like hey as he said in the interview with coffeezilla you know which is kind of weird the lack of awareness is them saying him saying like well and nonchalant when addressing why they haven't been paid. It's like, well, what they got to understand is we gave them more exposure than they've ever gotten. And we've made them more money than they can ever, than they would have ever gotten. It's like, okay, yes, you may have made them more money than they've gotten before. Technically, but you still owe them more money that they really haven't gotten before. You know what I'm saying? Get out, of, get out of the frame, you fucking fly. God damn. It's always, you know, when you're doing something, something's always got to interrupt. Uh, but yeah, so essentially, if Cast Media wants to hire this podcast, I know I just kind of shitted on you. And, well, I mean, everyone's shitting on you. What are you going to say? Like, hey, you can't shit on us. It's like, 
How are you going to say in one sentence, cast media was created for, you know, people that actually have free, you know, free speech. We don't censor no one. And then when people shit on you, you want to disappear and hide your assets and then make some bullshit excuse when the dates don't add up as CoffeeZilla exposed. That's how you know this man, Colin Thompson, has a crazy ass ego. And he really, like, he may knows he did some shit wrong. He may know that everyone knows, but he knows that, like, it don't really matter. Is that he literally did an interview with Coffee. There's been no one that has been accused of something that CoffeeZilla eventually investigated. And they came out and be like, CoffeeZilla was like, hey... You know what? Actually, all this is a big misunderstanding. They did everything right. It's just it looks a lot different than it is. Like now, they always get exposed, and then more shit gets exposed, and then whatever lies they've said gets even debunked and exposed. And so, but the fact that this man's like, you know what? But I'm gonna be the one different. And doesn't an interview with Coffeezilla that he didn't have to do. And sounded worse, and in the interview, it basically exposed how someone can get manipulated or how someone can fall for some bullshit. Because you see, the guy is just saying a bunch of word vomit about nothing. He asked a direct question. It's two minutes of, well, the opportunity we gave, and you know, you know, there was just some business, you know, we felt this and that. It's like, okay, but it's like, you're not answering the question. Why haven't you paid them? It's like, well, what you got to understand is they've made more money with, it's like, yeah, okay. So you see the type of guy. You see the type of business this guy runs. The weirdest part of all this is, I'm surprised there's not any, like, real legal action. Where, like, this dude can legitimately be sued for, like, scamming or embezzling people, right? But, yeah. That's the only thing when like when you're completely independent, local, and a company wants to offer you some money you've never seen before, it's because they know they can get you at such a low rate because that's better than anything you've ever gotten. And the idea of having a deal, like with music or anything, is always going to feel more secure and better than continuously going down the path yourself and finding ways to make money yourself or actually waiting for a better, bigger opportunity, right? But, you know, it's easy to, you know, that's why, like, it's easy to shit on someone. Like, if someone has a podcast and it's doing all right, it's getting, like, 20,000 views on YouTube and it's getting, you know, like, 100,000 listens or 80,000 listens, I mean... And then a company comes like, hey, we will license, we will buy, we will help blow this podcast up with better production, with a team to advertise and all this stuff. And we will give you $200,000 a year. Just straight up. It's hard for someone who's working a regular job. And all that where they could quit their job and now do this full time. It's hard to tell that person like, you know what? Now I'm going to continue 
you know, working 80 hours a week in combination with my actual job and this show and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's hard to tell someone that. It's hard for that person to say no because even if they're getting fucked over for two years, they're still going to be better off taking that deal for two years than being fucked over and quote unquote doing the righteous thing for the next five years and struggling and just getting it from the ground up just to say like, yeah, well, I never sold my soul like Sukihana, um, <laughs> which going off that, let's just change subjects because I feel like I've gone way too long. So apparently Sukihana, oh, Suki Suki, she knows how to sucky my Hana bug, Bahan bug, because <laughs> you won't be depressed after. Um, <laughs> she'll put you in the uh, Christmas spirit, Scrooge. All right, that was bad. But apparently Sukihana is uh, leaving. Apparently, I don't know. I think she probably left the music industry a while ago. But, you know, I remember seeing her blow up on Instagram a couple years ago. She was like a couple tiers down below, like the Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, like sex appeal thing. Except she actually just flat out did the shit on like OnlyFans. Not that I saw it. Just saying what she describes. That's all. But she did what she loved, rap, and she got out of her situation, quote unquote, the hood. Um, and so, you know, that's what she did. But apparently, now, like, she's made some videos, like real videos of her just being herself. Really sad, saying she sold her soul. I signed the contract. Now, people are saying, you know, when people say they sold their soul to the devil, being the music industry, does it really mean like the witchcraft? Like, when you sign this contract, you got to do the Salem witch trials type of ritual? Or does it just mean that the contract is so rigid and that if you don't fulfill these obligations, you can't do anything else, you can't work, you can't put music out, you can't advertise. So basically, you are forced to do what we want because you can't do shit because of your contract. So you have to do everything, fulfill these obligations, or you're fucked. Maybe that's probably more what people mean when they sold their soul. Because there's a lot of legal shit that protects the labels, that protects whosoever contract you sign. Or it may just literally mean that, you know, uh, the devil is coming down. And not to Georgia, even though Georgia is on my mind with that peach of hers. Alright, Clint. I've never even seen her peach. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's just say I know a thing or two about impeaching illegal votes in Georgia. As I take a sip of my coffee. Because I don't vote. Um, <laughs> voting is for people who still have a false belief. There. I said it. But yeah. But anyways. Speaking of uh, selling your soul to the devil. I feel bad for Papoose. So I came across some yesterday. Where, you know, we all know Remy Ma. Uh, so apparently, you know, we all know the heartwarming story of her getting out of prison after, I think, nine years for a 
shooting a gun incident. She was in prison for nine years. Papoose married her in prison or before she went to prison. And she was in prison for nine years. And he was there for her. You know, did all the stuff that people were like, wow, that is above and beyond. Buzz Lightyear style. And this man was the definition of sticking by someone's side, ride or die. And she gets out of jail. They have kids. They're living the dream life. It's like, man, you know what? This is like, this is powerful. This is, you know, regardless of what you feel about people in jail and stuff like that. The fact that someone was that like real and like a person of their word and stuck by that. That's great. Except now, apparently, uh. With this battle rap league, quote unquote, not quote unquote, but it's actual battle rap league that she is the face of. She owns, I believe, and they probably have some like dual partnership. And there was a video came out. It wasn't like one they posted. It was like someone in the audience recording it. And there's these alleged rumors, which I guess this guy basically confirmed, with the person she's been promoting the league with, this battle rapper named, I believe, Ease the Block Captain, if I'm saying that correctly. And apparently, uh, she's been uh, getting down like that, as Neo say. And... There's apparently been rumors that her and Papoose are not together. And she's with a, as people say, a struggle rapper. But the dude that he's the block captain was battling decided, hey, he went down the, he tested the boundaries of battle rap. And typically there's quote unquote no rules in battle rap, but. There's As there's no rules, there's also no rules of how someone may retaliate if they say, fuck it. And this man who he's battling just completely, she's right there. Like, almost like right there in the middle. And this dude is staring at her the whole time as he is basically telling her, you... She, he's basically put it all out there. You were fucking this man, leaving a legend. This man held you down for nine years, and this is how you do him. Everything along the, and this man goes on for like a minute and a half, two minutes. It may have been longer. I don't, you know, it was just like, you're watching like, holy shit, this is real life. And she, I mean, to her credit, she's sitting there and she's uh, taking it. That sounds weird to say when a woman's right there with like 50 men around. That's probably not the best choice of words. But she's not, you know, making faces. In her league that she's running. She, I hate this is. And by the faces, typically if something's false, you could tell with the two of you like, what are you talking about? Like they didn't even really even try it. She's just sitting there like nodding. And, you know, it's like, damn. That's why you got to be careful with these couple goals, right? Because Offset and Cardi B are couple goals, right? Like Offset now, he's like, oh, for their anniversary of being together. Apparently, 
He got her a shitload of flowers, got all this beautiful setting. And yet, the man is still out here being offset. So, he does all the shit, but then for their anniversary or their birthday or whatever, he does all this shit and it literally offsets everything bad he does. Um, <laughs> so, you know what? That's how we do it. Uh, he does walk it like he talks it. I gotta stay in my zone. But yeah. Woo. Uh. So. I have an idea. How come. You know when we talk about. Things that are fat. P-H-A-T. It's in a complementary faction, but it's typically in a very specific complementary faction. When we say fat, like, damn, she got a fatty. Like, damn, he got a fatty. That should never come out of a man's mouth unless that's what, you know, you're complimenting. Um, <laughs> like, man, you know. Fat is always in an endearing term when you have the P-H-A-T aspect. So, what is the enhanced version for fast? How come we don't say P-H-A-S-T, a version for fast? Like, like, man, this man really gets out of his car and throws the trash away real fast. That shit's like, man, you know, he really be doing that shit real fast. Fast. It's almost like you're intermittent fasting. Um, <laughs> uh, like man, the way she be driving that thing makes it go fast and furious. Um, <laughs> and that's why she's always furious at me because when I go to little Tokyo, the little Chinese place, I always drift to. The nearby Taco Bell instead. Um, <laughs> like imagine lying to a girl. Well not even lying. But let's just say Miss Lee. And be like you know what lady. You know a woman. I want to take you to little Tokyo. She's like ooh okay. A man that likes to travel. A man that likes to see the world. And you're like how about. You know what. I got it like that. Let's go tomorrow night. You, you available. Can you be off the next week. She's like. Yes, queen. Well, not yes, queen. Yes, please. Or yes, daddy. <laughs> like, we're going to little Tokyo tomorrow night. Get ready. She's like, ooh, okay. So she like, you know, leaves her boyfriend. Drops everything. Says, ah, things aren't working between us. I just need a little bit something more in life. And since you really got it like that, you pick her up. Dressed all nice. She brings her luggage. You look a little confused. Like, damn. I don't know why you bring luggage. I guess uh, she wants to spend the night after we go to little Tokyo, right? So then you go. You go, you know, three miles away. And you go to the little Tokyo takeout, you know, 
restaurant place. And once she sees a little Tokyo sign, she's like, wait a minute. We're not going to Tokyo? And he's like, we are at Tokyo. And you point to the little Tokyo sign. It's like, no, you said we were going to Tokyo. It's like, yes. Can you not read, bitch? Um, <laughs> I mean, they have samples, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but I'm not, I'm not a sampling type of gal. You're like, well, I got to sample that pample before I give it the preamble. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then she scrambles for her boyfriend back, but little does she know. Her boyfriend wanted her to leave the whole time. And the person that asked her to go to Little Tokyo was his twin brother. I guess, uh, like Usher and R. Kelly would say, they were messing with the same girl. Uh, except instead of the girls being twins, the guys were twins. The moral of that story is... um. Be happy with wherever someone takes you. Because you know what? It doesn't matter if that's at a little Tokyo or if you're in actual Tokyo. Either way, the bourbon chicken still slaps. Because, honey, I smacked the kids. Oh, Jesus. That would be a weird conversation. What if, like, the first time you discipline your kids is, like, when they're nine years old? Like, how do you go about that? Like, you can't go eight years without, you know, disciplining your kids in any way. And then just one day, you know, Bryce comes home and he's causing a ruckus. Saying, like, no, I'm not doing this. Shut up, mom. You're such a cunt. And you can't just out of nowhere... Smack him in the face because he has called your wife a cunt 28 times in the past month. So you either have to smack them when they're two or you just can't do it. So how do you go about that? I'm pretty sure that's a weird situation with couples when they have kids together. You know, that whole like, how do you discipline your child? Like who typically is a guy that does a discipline, but it's like. If your partner has anger, anger issues, it's like, you know what? It's best if I don't put my hands on my kids because I do love them, but I don't want to, you know, give them the old pew pew. So sometimes I'll let the wife do it with the wooden spoon or whatever, you know? And, but you know, how do you go about that? Do you have like some deep conversation of like, all right, there's a tier list where if they do this, this, and this, we give them the backhand. They do this, this, and this, we spank them. And I think, you know, that's kind of the weird thing. I think that's why everyone loves to get spanked. Because everyone, you know, all these old geezers always talked about they were spanked as a child. But think about that act, right? Like you could do anything. To harm your kid or to make your kid feel hurt or pain or some type of repercussion. And then you're doing something that's more 
like demeaning in a way. Like if you pull down your seven-year-old's pants with his, you know, toys for tots underwear and you spank him in the ass. Like, I think you, you're into some stuff. I'm sorry. Like, keep the jeans on. Like, there's no reason to pull the pants down and smack a boy's underpants, you know? Unless he's captain under, underpants. <laughs> and just be careful, because he might have a soggy little wet spot back there. Because you know how kids are these days. Especially with the way kids eat. It'd be, uh... Sounding like a wet queef. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kind of disgusting. But, um, yeah. But no, you know. I, I, I Just think about the act. It's like, just fucking... I would rather just be smacked in the back of my head. Give me a mild concussion before you pull down my pants and spank my butt. Like, because, you know... What happens if you spank your child and they actually really like it? Then that's when you get all these girls out here to like, oh, spank me, daddy. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Like, maybe that's how it should be. Men who are not Catholic priests, they can spank their son's butt. Women spank the daughter's butt. It should never be cross switching like the 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 dad should never spank the daughter and the wife or the mother should never spank the son and if you have three sons and no daughters well it's a it's a it's a, it's a mom's lucky day i guess but if you have three daughters and no sons then i guess your husband just has to do nothing right um, <laughs> but I don't think I was ever spanked in my butt, you know, I've never been spanked. So I don't know. I don't know why that was important information, but, uh, you know what they say for every spank, you get a you that is thanked. <laughs> I'm talking about your uterus. Get it? You crank that soldier. Alright. But yeah. You know. I think you know. I wouldn't be surprised. If they. I wouldn't be surprised. If some people adopt children. Just so they can enjoy the discipline part of it. You know we have people that adopt children for social media. And. For clout, we have people that adopt children just to do some fuck shit. We, and you know, we have some, I wouldn't be surprised if people really adopt having children just so they can be in control of something, right? Like, I think that is a real thing. Is, I do think some people want to become parents to just be in control of a human being when they're not able to control people in their real life, whether their dating life or their work situation. It's like, if you're not in control of nothing, what can you control? Children that don't know nothing. And that's why they also get taken advantage of, blah, blah, blah. Hence, religion. 
Um, <laughs> religion is just grooming, disguised as, you know, uh, grounded guidance, as they say. But yeah, I don't know. Just uh, just keep your hands to yourself. How about that? How about if you, if you're gonna voluntarily take on ownership of a living human being, how about you just don't take advantage of them? It's not that hard. But I don't know. We have such a control issue in society, kind of like a Kendrick on control, which is kind of ironic because he was kind of out of control on that verse. Woo. Um. I'm coming for all you. That stands for you, Drake, J. Cole, Big Sean, Big, Big, and names like nine rappers, including one that's on the song. And they're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he came for them. He uh, he certainly humbled them. And they just had to sit there and be like, damn. Uh, K-Dot put them in the scope. And... The rap game was like, nope. Um, <laughs> but any any jizzified, um, yeah. You know they say podcasting is way too saturated, and this episode may be an example why. But what makes you know what makes a field saturated? Is it just the amount? Like, honestly, like, I was thinking about this. And it really got me thinking. Because I'm pretty sure there's a definition. I've never really looked up. But I think a, the thing is, is there's a lot of things that are identified as quote-unquote podcasts. But they're not podcasts. Like, people put, like, radio shows. Like, there are radio shows on TV, and then they just post it a couple hours later after the show ends live on TV or on the radio, and they'll post it on the podcast apps, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but it's not, it's not a podcast, but technically it's called podcast and shows in the category. So... Like, and they'll even break it down hours. One hour here, the second hour. It's like, I, I mean, it's actually convenient and great for people that don't watch live TV or have the opportunity to watch or listen to these things in real time. It's great, but it's like, when people are talking about podcasts too saturated, like, how much of podcasts are really podcasts? There are people that put out clips of things. Those aren't podcasts. They're just clips under podcast categories. So what's, like, a real... Because a podcast is one of those things like, is it just a continuation of thoughts said in a one audio setting file? Like, how, how do we classify? How do we classify what is a podcast? People say, oh, it's just conversation. Oh, well, sometimes it's informational. You know, NPR or these documentary types of podcasts where they're doing like seven part series of, you know, the Theranos girl who, you know, Elizabeth Holmes, who disguised her voice to sound like, you know, uh, Professor Snopes. It's like, you know, it's like, 
is that the same category as we as you know a comedian's podcast or interview podcast like there's so many different podcasts but there has to be a common theme that calls it a podcast right like music everyone knows music when they hear it there's always an instrument instrument like music doesn't always have words but there's always a sound of an instrumentation that makes it music if someone is just speaking like this into a song no one would call it a song. So we know what a song is, regardless of there's lyrics or no lyrics. A podcast, what makes it a podcast? There are different versions and genres of podcasts. But what is considered a podcast? Is it just if you speak words, if you speak sentences? Is it a, oh, if there is constant real conversation, there's constant real thought process. Like how long, how many minutes should a real podcast episode be considered for certain things? Let's say for if there was an award ceremony for podcasting, what would be the minimum requirements to fit qualifications for those things? Would it be 15 minutes? Would it be 30? Would it be an hour minimum? I would say it would probably be like at least 40 minutes. Anything less than that, it's like it probably shouldn't qualify type of thing. But I don't know. You know, it got me thinking like there's so many different ways of kind of rationalizing ways and people say it's saturated it's like it's not that actual podcasting is saturated and i hate you you know what's the worst thing is when successful podcasters and honestly it's not even podcasters don't say it it's always the fucking dumbass producer who they gave a microphone to speak into the show that's always has the most to say bitching and complaining and they have the most to say about a field that they're a part of, and if the rules weren't set for anyone to do it, they wouldn't be doing it or have a job in that field either. It's kind of amazing. When people move up and get to certain levels, they all of a sudden forget. They all of a sudden think that everyone below or everyone that's trying to work their way up shouldn't even be allowed to have a platform or voice, which goes against everything when they bitch about, oh, well, it's not fair that this person and all that, that you know, all this, like, don't give people, like, all that platform. I hate that shit. But anyway, so, for example, um, one of the things why I don't really watch or listen to Rory and Mal, even though I like them both when they were on the Joe Bum podcast, I like them. But one thing that turns me off about shows is when you listen for two people whose names are in the show, the actual hosts or the people involved. And then they have like a whole like, it's always like a producer, like some producers or some people involved in the show. They all of a sudden are always in every conversation. Like I understand sometimes like I'm not against like producers being in the show and stuff like that. But it's like, I don't really care what 
the two or three other people on the Rory Mall show, other than Rory Mall, have to say about topic. It ain't my show, so I'm not going to sit here and complain. But I'm just saying, there was a conversation they were having. I forgot what it was. Oh, I think they were talking about the, this was from probably like a month ago. But they were talking about like, I think, the Bobby Altov thing with Drake and all that shit. And then they got into... Of course, it turned into like, well, the girl on the show, I think her name's Denisha, or it starts with the D, and she was complaining and saying like, too many people have pot, and everyone should get their mic taken. Like, people should not have a mic, and come from a person who's really annoying, who's not really have a real contribution to the show other than producing it and stuff, but in terms of actual like speaking and stuff, it's kind of like Taylor and Brilliant Idiots. They just say dumb shit. And the people that speak the loudest and people that like have the strongest opinions about people who have micro who have mics and have podcasts and yet they are speaking on a podcast that if they weren't on that show, no one would listen or give a single fuck about what they have to say. Um cuz there's some people to listen to and they're just unlikable like in every aspect. They'd be the same one, like, the same ones talk about, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta work hard and believe and all that, but then there's, and then she's sitting there saying that not everyone should be allowed, like, they should honestly not let people have podcasts. It's like, well, then they should honestly not let people who are not the people in the title speak into a microphone on a podcast, then, if that's the shit we're going like, unless you actually are the reason why people are tuning in, then you shouldn't be allowed to speak either. But it's also like, you realize by your, if like, there should not be a open season or who, like, there should be like, only people with voices that matter and like, all this shit. It's like, well, then most people who have popular shows, most people who have popular internet personalities or they got famous or big or successful off the internet, they would have never gotten an opportunity. They would have kept the cycle, like they say in Hollywood and all this stuff, for just the same people. There's no new opportunities for anyone, regardless of their race, gender, orientation, background, nepotism, blah, blah, blah. There'd be no new people to even get an opportunity. It'd be the same people, and there'd be nothing you can do about it. And there's no, like, true free market of who chooses, of what makes someone listenable, or what makes someone want to be, you know? And that it always comes from people that just get a little bit of success in something that they aren't even the reason, the main reason why that shit's successful. And then they have strong opinions because they are so fearful that more, that, if there's so many, someone's going to take their spot. And really, let's be honest, the reason why they don't want saturation, quote unquote, in the field is because there's views being taken away from them and they would make more money if it was just limited podcasts you could listen to. It's like, you know, it's it's like when uh, Joe Rogan says, like, why, like when he's talking about comedy and like why like it makes no sense to him the person who's on top the person who's most given which is probably why he's the most successful and why people like him and he has a gravitational pull 
is that he's like, it never makes sense to me the people not wanting to help other people or helping each other get better at this. Like, we're all in this thing together trying to be successful and trying to, you know. And it's like to sit there and be like, I'm not helping you. You're my competent. Like, you know, there's a competitive aspect. But to sit there and just not be a human being. Like, that shit is cr- Like, you're... You're saying a lot about yourself and you're more fearful if you're truly confident and you truly believe in your capabilities of being good and successful at what you do, then you're not worried about the next person coming up. Because you know what? You know you're gonna keep your you're gonna keep your rank. You're always gonna work hard, you're always gonna be better than the next because you're constantly working. And if anything, Competition coming up keeps you having to be sharper and keep working on your shit. But a lot of people don't really want that. They just want to live in this free, like, oh, nothing affects our orbit and we can only grow. Nothing, like, we don't have to compete with anyone. They want to live in that world. They just want the same people in their inner circle. They want any outside competition. That's when people say it's too saturated. It's like, there's no such thing as some being too saturated. You, it's a choice. Like, this isn't radio. This isn't fucking something that you have to do. You don't have to listen to anything you don't want to listen to. There's so many options because there's a lot of appealing options that different people are looking for. And for you to think, because without the ability of people just being able to put stuff out there, and over time, developing an audience that people like. The show of the two people you're with. More likely, without being on the show they were on. Wouldn't have near the fan base they have. And then you wouldn't even have a voice to even say some shit out loud like that. You could just keep that shit to yourself. But you know. Here's my passionate rant about why, you know, you always got these negative leeches. And people like that, just they're just annoying as hell. It's like, Jesus, like, they're, they're the type of people, they just want everything to only work for their convenience. They never actually want to actually have to keep working or having to be the thing that keeps the engine going, they keep progressing and actually just rise above the field. Instead of complaining about the competition, instead of complaining about everything because it would interfere with your revenue more than likely, the saturated field actually makes it, if you really want to break it down, it actually makes it where the top level shows have more leverage because like I have three million shows going against my show and my show gets one of the most in the world that tells you people can choose all these shows and they choose mine where if there's like 200 shows it's like okay more views would just kind of be spread among that but then it also means the field wouldn't have as much weight to it it wouldn't make the money more lucrative because that means not that many people be listening. The variety and the saturation is actually what makes people 
Enjoy it. Because when you listen to a bad show like this one, you appreciate the good ones. But you know what? It's like the saying, you know, the people that be doing the least be doing the most. If that makes any sense to you. But yeah, be quiet. I'm doing the toast. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Uh, how do I want to end today's episode? So yeah, Um, here's some final thoughts. All right. If you love what you do, love will come through. If you fail to love what you see, just know you can be with me. (laughs) Uh, I'm such a fool. Uh, But yeah. Which, by the way, For anyone out there, it's the fall. Just want to let you know. Yeah, so uh, hopefully you fall down the off and beat rabbit hole and click on some videos and click on some episodes, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of trying some new thumbnails. I'm trying some new ideas a little bit to, you know, just kind of see how to get things continue rolling but yeah i love i love doing this and all as for all my all my audience members all my fans all my dedicated day ones um just love what you do if you continuously do if you work towards something every day that you enjoy doing it makes life worth living not that not doing that but you, you get what i'm saying But, you know, just work towards what you enjoy and be delusional in your belief in yourself. And at least you can be delusionally happy. I'd rather be delusionally happy than be in reality and being miserable. That sounds like someone who is not being honest with themselves but actually if you really listen to what i'm saying i'm being really honest with you so yeah put that in your honest tea bag and tea bag it in your face because that's how in your face this show's gonna be when i get a forty-five thousand dollar contract from cast media and then I won't see 38000 of it and be like, hey, well, we made you $7,000 more than you made before. And you'd be like, damn. Technically, he's right. But yeah, I'll end it there. So yeah, that was episode 220 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, <sighs> Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties and yipperoo. All right, guys, have a great day or night and take flight. And just remember, 
you must be doing something right if you listen to me twice and boost the algorithm so I can make a couple bucks one night. All right, guys. Have a great one. Because it's a sweet one. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, ooh, daddy.